coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to take a few moments and give you a preview of what you're about to hear and also direct you to some other series that I already have uh, completed on my podcast. So you're about to listen to Blue Collar Kaizen leading lean and lean teams. You're listening to a 30-part series on that. Today's episode is just one of 30. Uh, It's specific to lean leaders, lean managers, anyone who's leading teams of people through process improvement and continuous improvement projects, Six Sigma, those kind of things. It's not about the tools and the methods and all that. It's about how to lead teams of people. So any leader, anybody at any level can get value from this. But I just want you to know that's what this series is about. It's about that specific book. So hope you enjoy it. But but I have some other series that may interest you if this series does not. Got a lot of episodes already out there. But I have a book called Blue Collar Leadership, Leading from the Front Lines. It's all about how to become a high-impact individual, how to become an a sought-after employee of choice, uh, an employee that people want to hire and want to promote. That series, there's a 30-part series, starts at episode 65. I have another series on my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision, Unleash Your Team's Potential. That book is for, for leaders, formal authority leaders who want to learn how to effectively lead people. That series, 30-part series, starts at episode 111. I have another series. It's an 11-part series on my book, 10 Foundational Elements of Intentional Transformation, How to Become Your Best Self. That series starts at episode 158. I have another series on my Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, The Five Components for Building High-Performance Teams. That book is really for the top leader, and it's how, how you... How do you become the sought-after employer of choice? It's a 30-part series. It begins at episode 179. My wife, Rhea, and I, this year in 2021, the theme for for my podcast this year was all about change. That's why I'm doing this series on Blue Collar Kaizen, Leading Lean and Lean Teams, because it's all about leading teams through change. But we have a a 15-part series we, we recorded together on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. That series starts at episode 211. And then this Blue Collar Kaizen Leading Lean and Lean Team series, the one you're about to listen to, a one of the uh, episodes of, it started at episode 230 and will be a 30-part series. So it's going to take a little while to finish it. hope you find value in some of these series. Let's get to today's podcast. All right. We made it to chapter 16 of 30, and today we're going to be talking about listening. You know, a lot of people struggle to listen to one person, (laughs) but when you're leading teams and when you're leading teams through change, you've got to listen to a lot of people. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more time. And as a lean leader, 
that's what you need to understand. It's a principle I taught a while back. It's, it's, it's all about going slow to go fast. So the, the title of chapter 16 is Listen to the Voices. I, I learned what I'm about to share with you. It's actually the subtitle of this chapter. I learned it from a, uh, a natural horsemanship trainer. His name's Pat Pirelli. And he says, take the time it takes so it takes less time. Take the time it takes so it takes less time. And, and that's a principle that applies really in any situation. And it definitely applies in the lean situation. When you're, when you're leading teams of people through process improvement, you're going to be under a lot of pressure to rush things. But if you want to have high, a high degree of success, you, you can't be rushing things. you got to make things happen, but you ain't got to be in a hurry to make them happen. Because really, it just ain't about you, right? As a leader of other people, you, your goal is to motivate and inspire them to make things happen. So Rhea, my wife Rhea, she shares a, a, a quote that I got here to open up this chapter today. And she says, listening is the greatest communication tool to use when you want to connect with someone. Listing is the greatest communication tool to use when you want to connect with someone. You know, and I'm reminded in this chapter in the book, I actually share a story. I may share a little bit more about it now, but I want to touch on that story. And it was a time when I was leading, basically I was leading a team of big dogs through a planning event. We were not even, we were not even going to do anything physically, which that's usually what we done every week that I was leading a team every week. For the most part, we were coming up with a plan, executing that plan, validating the, the improvement and then wrapping it up on a Friday. We start on Monday and on Friday. This particular week though, it was just a big planning exercise, try to come up with a way forward. And it was all the big dogs. It was a, a facility with about 600 people. So there were quite a few big dogs leading these 600 people. And it was really, it was relative to a, uh, really a shipping process, but it was, they were also painting some product and there was a big uh, bottleneck basically from, from the, the paint department to going out the door and all, all everything that's happening in between. And these, these high level leaders, they had all, you know, they, they all led different departments and things like that. And they had worked with me before and I, I had, uh, I had already got to know a lot of them and I knew how a lot of them blamed others, others, and they would throw others under the bus. You know, I, I got to know them individually. So I kind of knew wh what they thought about people and who their, what their character was like. So anyway, the, the, the owners of the company asked me to come in and and do a Kaizen event with them, really uh, more like a 3P, a, a production preparation process. But actually it was already in production, but they had done, they had been working on it for years and basically they thought there was nothing else they could do. So I guess one last ditch effort was put them in a room with me and see if I could help them, if I could provoke thought and lead them down the path to, to come up with a solution. Maybe they didn't realize they had, and that, that was my goal. So I want to share with you, before I tell you this story, I want to share a quote by Dean Rusk. And, and he says, one of the best ways to persuade others is with your ears. 
by listening to them. So I already knew when I started this event, I knew that's what I was going to have to do. I didn't know how long I was going to have to do it, but I knew I was going to take the time it took so it would actually take less time. And in this case, so they would actually come up with a plan because they said there was nothing else they could do. They didn't even want to have the meeting. They didn't want to be in the meeting. So you can imagine when I walk in on Monday morning with a, a team of big dogs who didn't really want to be there with me, who were super busy, who had other things going on, and, and, and their boss, and their boss's boss in some cases, told them, you got to go spend a, a week with Mac to do something that basically you think can't be done. So they were not too excited about that. So we come in, we got going. First thing, everybody's just kind of no energy, low energy, sitting around the table. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get them to start discussing what we were there for. It, and it wasn't, it didn't take much effort because they, they all had an opinion and they all wanted to give it and nobody wanted to listen. I mean, I'm trying to listen. There's about 10 or 12 people on this team, 10 or 12 big dogs. And they didn't really want to listen to each other, but they all wanted to be heard. So I had to facilitate this. It took me two and a half days of me listening and me trying to coach them through listening before they all felt heard. If you want to know how, how did I know that they finally, after two and a half days, they all felt heard? Because finally, they shut up. <laughs> it took them that long to quit moaning, groaning, blaming. They'd get mad at each other. They was mad at me. They'd be dropping F-bombs on me. And basically, I sat down at the end of the table. And I, I drank, at the time, I was drinking a, a, a Coke Zero. I remember sitting there and listening to these guys. Listening to them throw each other under the bus and blame people and dodge responsibility. They were all trying to figure out how they couldn't do it instead of how they could do it or why they couldn't do it. And so it was my mission to get them to move forward. And a lot of consultants wouldn't have done that. They would have come in and tried to force them to go on Monday. And it would have been a big flop. Because I had some ideas, but I didn't want it to make it my idea. I wanted it to be their idea. So I had to lead. And in that particular event, I had to listen. In order to lead, I had to listen to the voices. All of them. For two and a half days. Finally, after two and a half days, they didn't have nothing else to say. They all felt understood. But they still didn't have a plan. They hadn't done nothing. They hadn't thought about nothing. All they had done was feel like they were heard. So I asked them what we could do. Once they, once they finally quit, I said, what can we do? And then they looked at me like I was an idiot. They said, man, you've been in here with us two and a half days. We've been telling you for two and a half days we can't do anything. So why are you asking what we can do? I said, oh, that's fine. I said, I was just making sure before we wrap up. And I asked the, the, the lean coordinator who was there. She, she would typically uh, pull up the PowerPoint final presentation. And normally we had a lot of stuff to put in there. The team would put a lot of, of their success for the week and changes and implement, improvements and that sort of stuff. But this week, there was nothing to put in there. So I told her, I said, pull up, pull up the, the pre final presentation. I said, get one big screen and put, put in big, big, bold letters. There's nothing we can do. 
you know, and everybody's looking at me. She's looking at me like I'm crazy, but it, it was pretty cool. It was fun to actually do this to them. <laughs> but, but that's what they told me. There was nothing they could do. So there was no reason for me to stay till Friday. We were done. We were done. So she typed that in. There's nothing we could do. I turned around. I said, everybody agree with that? They're like, what do you mean do we agree? I said, well, there's no reason for me to stay. I could go back home. I can get home early this week. We just need to figure out what time y'all want to do this thing. What time you want us to get the, the owners of the company come in and listen to this presentation. So y'all can tell them there's nothing you can do. And then they looked at me like I was even more crazy. And all I was doing was repeating what I had heard for them for two and a half days. I don't know what, what they were trying to do was they were trying to make me responsible. And see, I wasn't going to be responsible. I was going to be responsible for having them become responsible. But they wanted me to be responsible. I don't know nothing about what they were doing. They know everything about what they were doing. But they didn't want to be responsible. But because I listened for two and a half days and because I did that the way I did at the end, they chose to become responsible. Because as soon as I said what time, they said, what do you mean? We, we, can't, we can't tell them there's nothing we can do. I said, okay, then what can you do? And then I let them through another two and a half days of good discussion because Nobody was arguing and blaming and all that stuff. They, they talked all they could talk for two and a half days. But now what happened was all that's out of the way. They all felt understood. And now we can start talking about some new stuff, which was actually what we needed to be talking about on Monday morning. But they didn't want to do that. So I tell you that story. Because sometimes you're going to have to listen. And like I said, a lot of people, they're too insecure. There's. There's consultants who would have felt insecure to come in there and sit around and do nothing for two and a half days like I did. They would have ruptured the relationship. Whatever little bit they had, they would have made it worse. But I actually built trust. They didn't know what I was doing, but I knew what I was doing. And what I was doing is what I'm teaching you in this entire book, but specifically what I'm teaching you here today. Because, see, connecting is more important than directing. I wanted to connect with the people. I wanted the people to connect to each other. I had to facilitate all that happening. As a leader, you have to do that. You may not be leading a process improvement team, but if you're leading a team, your goal should not be to be directing. Your goal should be to do all the connecting, connect the people together, learn to lead in a way that they take responsibility. You have to be responsible for them taking responsibility, but you don't have to be responsible for the work and the mission. You can give the, you can set the mission, reveal the vision, and declare the mission, but they got to be responsible for carrying it out. And if all you're doing is directing, you're responsible. You're just telling everybody what to do. I wasn't going to tell them what to do because when I left, they didn't need me to own it because I was not even going to be in the same state. They needed to own it because they walked in the door of that facility every day. So high impact leaders are, are willing to slow down at the start to make a better connection. And that's what I literally had to do that day. But you can, you can leverage questions to make better connections. And that's, that's you know, being very intentional about leading. When you're asking questions, you're also being very intentional about listening, right? Because you're allowing other people to lead. 
because leadership is influence. So when you ask a question, you're allowing other people, you're giving them the floor to, to influence whoever's listening. So as a leader, you facilitate listening and leadership by asking questions. But you got to slow down to do it. It takes longer to ask questions. It takes longer to listen to the answers. But you're going to get where you want to go if you'll do it this way. So when you listen to the answers to your questions, you'll be facilitating buy-in. If you ask the right questions, you're going to be facilitating buy-in. That's what you're looking for. That's why you have to slow down. When you're just giving directions, you may not get any buy-in. People just go do what you're telling them to do, but that's all. That's all they give you. Sometimes they won't even do that. But when you listen to the answers and you ask the right questions, you're facilitating buy-in. I may know exactly what to do, and if I just tell somebody what to do, I own it. Let's say it's you, and I'm leading the team you're on. Instead of me telling you what to do, I ask a lot of questions. And you give me an answer that actually that I'm looking for. It may or may not be what I had in mind, but it's the right answer. And that answer is the answer I'm looking for is an answer that shows me and reveals to me that you're taking ownership. Because that's the whole point of leadership is to get other people to take ownership. And in my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision, Unleash Your Team's Potential, I got several chapters in there about leading with questions. So that's a great resource for you. And I talk about it a little bit in a lot of different books. One day, maybe I'll take all the stuff from the different books about leading with questions and put it into one book all about questions. Maybe add a little to it. But right now, it's different things are in different books. But when you ask questions and you listen to the answers, you're allowing the team to take responsibility. But you got to slow down. I know I've said it a lot, but I hope you slowing down and thinking about it as a leader. Again, this, this works at home with your children. You don't have to be a lean leader to get results out of these principles that I'm teaching to you. You just have to be a leader, a high-impact leader. So another reason you want to listen, listen so you can do what's necessary. As a leader, you've got to be doing what is necessary for your team. But a lot of times, you're not going to know what to do if you don't choose to slow down and listen. So what's necessary? So when you're doing what's necessary, I want to tell you this. When necessary, listen to the voices. That means when you need to listen, listen. When necessary, ask the team questions. When necessary, be the loudest cheerleader on the team. Sometimes that's all you need to do as a leader. If you actually listen, you figure out, hey, they got this. They, they got this. They don't need me. They don't need me to ask questions. They don't need me to give directions. They need me to be the cheerleader. Let them know they got it, and I know they got it. Sometimes that's all you have to do is be the loudest cheerleader. Get out of the way and lead. And when necessary, get ahead of your team and remove obstacles. Sometimes that's all you need to do. You don't need to be down in the weeds with them. You need to be out front because if you've been listening and you're familiar with a lot more, a lot more of the bigger picture than they are, if you've been truly authentically listening to them because you are a high-impact leader, 
you're going to see some things that they don't see, or you're going to know about some things that they don't know about. So you can get out ahead of them and remove obstacles. Sometimes it's necessary for you to do that, but if you don't listen to find out what's necessary, you ain't going to know. So when necessary, get out of the team's way. I touched on that a minute ago. Get out of the way and lead. When necessary, get out of the way. Don't slow them down just because you want to be involved. If they got it, they got it. Get out of the way. And when necessary, connect the team with others who can help them. Sometimes that's someone internal. It may be in a different department. It may be somebody who's got a specialty in a certain area they might need some help with. It might be someone from outside of the organization, a contractor or somebody you know who can help them. If you know somebody who can help them, you've been listening and you can tell they need some help or going to need some help, be a connector. Be a connector. And also, when necessary, leaders should stop leading and start following. Sometimes the best thing you can do for your team is to follow and not lead. When you decide to give them the leadership, the reins, and when I, when I say you decide to give them the leadership and the reins, uh, what I'm saying is you stop leading, you start following. It's okay. You're still going to be the boss. You're still going to get the big check. You're still going to have all the authority. But you're going to be building a team of leaders when you follow them. Sometimes that's what's necessary. You follow them. Sometimes you're following them knowing they're going to make a mistake. But it ain't a big mistake. You don't want to let them do something major. You don't let them get hurt, definitely. You don't let them hurt someone else. You don't let them damage anything. But if you know they're just going to make a mistake, and it ain't a big deal, what you know as a high-impact leader, they're going to learn from it. So if you follow them, sometimes you have to follow them up against a mistake. Now, if you want to help them see it in advance, you can ask them some questions. But don't just tell them, hey, this is going to happen, because they still may not understand that it's going to happen. Now they wonder what you're talking about. But if you'll ask the right questions, you're going to help them see more, see it sooner, see it in a different way. So you can help them avoid a mistake by asking questions, but you can ask the questions while you're following. Another reason to follow is it gives them confidence because they, they know they're leading the leader and you're trusting them, and it actually gives them more ownership. They feel more responsible when they know you're following. You're not trying to lead. You're trying to follow. And they know you're there, and they know you're following, and they know you're paying attention. So I'm going to leave you with a quote today from Bob Chapman. Bob Chapman says this. And again, Bob Chapman is the CEO of $3 billion manufacturing company, Barry Waymiller. And they do, they, they got like 200 locations. I forget how many different types of businesses. They do all kind of manufacturing, engineering, fabrication type things. But he says, we changed the name from lean to living legacy of leadership. That's completely different than what you're going to hear most people talk about when they talk about lean. But literally, they don't call it lean. They call it a living legacy of leadership. That already tells you that man's thinking at a whole different level than most people who talk about and think about lean. 
And he said, we changed the name from Lean to Living Legacy of Leadership because in the early stages of embracing these powerful leadership ideas, it became clear to us that Lean, as widely practiced, was mostly about numbers and not about people. He continues, if the Toyota production processes had been studied and named properly, it would have been called listen. Now think about that. He's saying if, if lean would have been named properly and studied properly, you wouldn't call it lean. You'd call it listen. And that's 100% the truth. I agree 100%. I don't remember if I shared this story with you before or not, but I'm going to share it again because it fits right here with what he's talking about to, to, to validate it. And the story I'm going to share is how I actually told that principle to, to a forklift driver on a manufacturing plant, in a warehouse, actually, of a manufacturing plant. He wrote up one day to me. I'd been supporting them for a year or so, and he said, he said Mac, we, we love you, but we hate the other consultant. I said, why is that? He said, other guy just come in and tell us what to do. I said, okay. I said, why you, why you love me? He said, we just do. I said, I said, well, if the other guy just comes in and tells you what to do, what do I do? He said, well, all they did was pay the other guy to tell us what to do. I said, okay, what what, what they pay me to do? And he was dead serious. He's like, I don't know. He said, I don't know. And it was kind of funny to hear him say that. But I said, lean down here. I'll tell you what they pay me to do. I said, but this is like top secret stuff. You You can't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. What they pay me to do is to get them to listen to you. And if they ever figured that out, they'd just start listening to you and fire me. But they don't know they need to listen to you. What they think I'm doing is they think I'm getting you to listen to me. But what I'm really doing is getting them to listen to you, but they don't know it. And he thought that was pretty cool, and that's the truth. When I led... Lean teams, Kaizen teams. What I was really trying to do was get the leaders to listen to all these people who knew what to do. The leaders were the problem. Most often, the leaders were the problem. The people were the solution. But the reason the leaders even needed me in there to begin with is because they won't listen to the people. People got all these great ideas. Teach us some stuff and then listen. The title of this chapter 16. Listen to the voice. Most leaders think they know better. So that means they think with one mind instead of many minds. None of us is as smart as all of us. High impact leaders know that. None of us are as creative as all of us. That's assume we can work together and leverage the strengths of each person on our team. So I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.